You're listening to Lady Balls Daily. We're coming at you seven days a week with advice and inspiration to help you live your most fucking epic life. I'm your host, Connie Constantine. All right, welcome back to Lady Balls Daily. We are joined once again by Justine Malik. She's an LA-based yoga and Pilates teacher and my very favorite core whisperer. Honestly, I've said it before. I will say it again. Welcome back, Justine. Thank you. You are so welcome. So we have had four amazing days with you. We're going to wrap it up today with day five. We've been talking a lot about different aspects of the core, which is like the our physical core, our core mm-hmm. of power, it's, you know, ties in so much to the holistic body, mind, spirit connection, kind of, I feel like it's just kind of the center of the wheel, which I guess it kind of is, because it is the center. Yeah. Center of gravity, center, you know. Yeah. So what we're going to be talking about today, actually, to tie this all together, or to, like, give us a send off on this topic is the role gut health plays in all of this. I know it's a hugely popular topic lately in nutritional spheres, but um, surprise, surprise, it's it's been around a lot longer than that per usual, right? Yeah. (laughs) With these sciences, but, but gut health, healthy gut flora, like being able to digest things, not just actually physically digesting food. We've discussed this in a couple of these episodes too. Of course, more easily and more efficiently digesting food and things we intake into our bodies, but also what we're bringing in through our emotions and our minds. So yeah, let's gab about gut health. Justine, want to? I mean, I love this topic. Um, <laughs> one of the first things, though, that comes to mind is, again, weaving in a bit of Ayurveda. And please do this please idea do. that when things are moving well and when there's a sense of flow, then that feels good, right? And if things mm-hmm. aren't moving well and there's a sense of stuckness or stagnation, then we're going to have problems because stagnation is the breeding ground for disease. And so a lot of what we're doing through eating mindfully and moving mindfully is creating an environment where flow can exist. We Flow is not something that we can just, like a flow state, is not something that we can just drop into because we want to. Um, and there's different ways to look at flow. Um, it's a fascinating topic unto itself, but um, there's a Hungarian philosopher and psychologist named Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. It's a really interesting name. And he was one of the first people to talk about flow and this idea of a flow state. Um, But what we can do is create the environment for which it can happen. So and that incorporates removing obstructions. And obstructions can be anything. Obstructions can be physical ones. You know, someone might have a physical uh, injury. They can be non-physical. It can be a trauma or the, the list goes on and on. And there's different ways to deal with the different obstructions, right? Some people choose to try to like go head on straight into them, you know, but there are other ways to deal with them. So if we were to think of a river flowing and there's, you know, like a blockage or a dam in the river, we don't have to go straight through it. We can widen the river and go around it, you know? And so in the body, we're, we're kind of doing what we can to create ease, whatever that means. For some people, that will mean like continuing to do certain exercises and like building strength and it feels quite linear. For some people, that's the appropriate pathway. For others, if they're having a hard time accessing the muscles in their core, for example, of their abdominals, 
maybe they need to go to their hamstrings and learn how to stabilize their pelvis, you know, and like fire up their hamstrings, fire up their glutes and feel like I know where my pelvis is. And then all of a sudden after they feel where their pelvis is, then it's like, oh, when I lift my head and chest up, my pelvis isn't flopping around anymore. I'm able to keep it nice and stable because I know where my pelvis is and I know how to stabilize it. So when we talk about the gut, right, if there's blockages within and sometimes they are like sometimes it's food right we're not eating well and we're creating issues and we got to look at what we're eating um but sometimes non-physical issues are going to create blockages that will manifest in the gut um that could be emotional or that could be physical and so i had a student who had i don't actually even remember what happened but for years she didn't want to do anything involving her stomach because there was just and too much there for her emotionally, you know, and it was only when she slowly like really small ranges of motion, um, really tiny, like baby steps, you know, started working in a Pilates context to turn on those pathways neurologically. Did she feel safe enough for that conversation to be reopened within herself? Um, and it's, it's ongoing. I mean, she's still working on it and her digestion is still, a little slow, you know, but it's different. It's definitely changing. <laughs> right. Um, but this was an external thing that happened to her. It wasn't a food related thing that caused this. Exactly. And I think that's important to note because I think the focus now and as it should be, we're going to talk about food, too. Uh, yeah. But it, it can be other aspects and not just what we're eating. So oh, I think yeah. it's important for people to look at that as well. When it comes to food, though, what, and we're not going to go. We Obviously, we don't have a lot of time. We can't go like yeah. super deep. I mean, I, I would love totally. to because I could like just keep yeah. talking about this forever. Exactly. But in general, and, and here's the deal with that, too. And I think you'll probably agree with me, I'm guessing, uh, <laughs> that there's not a one size fit all nutritional program, right? It's not like, oh, well, you should be paleo or you should be vegan or you should eat nothing but fruit or you should never eat fruit or, you know, I could go on forever with all the different diets. I mean, but I do feel like that there is probably a set of guidelines that most people can follow as far as like just eating real food is going to be a good first step if if you're looking at at gut health from a standpoint of what you're going to do with of what you're putting in your body a lot of it i think circles back to this idea of listening and Mm -hmm. tuning in so eat when you're hungry and stop when you're not right (laughs) right you know or um i mean hunger is a really good sign of gut health if you wake up hungry that's a good thing you're not waking up hungry, generally something's not digesting properly. So interesting, interesting, right? And that's an Ayurvedic concept. So um, and I think that can trans be translated into other aspects of our life. You know, it's like, um, if someone's daily like wants to move their body a bit, like go for a walk or go to yoga, or some people like to work out really hard and like do something more intensive. Great. If people are like, really sluggish and days go by and they have no interest like they might force themselves to do it but they can tell that like they don't really want to move much usually something hasn't been digested and that could be food that's not that's not sitting well and they feel like super you know bound up or just like super lethargic or just bloated or all of these things right like who wants to go work out when they feel that way um 
Do you know what I mean? So like, no, I do. Yeah, no, I feel these are indicators that our body is telling us how we're doing. So it's, it's, are you paying attention to what your, your body's telling you? And also, do you know what the signs are and how to look for them? And so there's, I think personally that, yes, you're right. There's not one thing that is all advice diet plan that this is for everyone. Right. But I do think that it can, we can generally speaking, say that, listen to your body mm-hmm. um, and it'll tell you what it needs if it's in a state of good health. According to Ayurveda, at least, if you are, let's say, um, imbalanced, that like in Ayurveda uh, works with balancing the different constitutions. Um, if someone has a lot of fire within them, if they're too fiery, they um, are considered having a lot of pitta, um, which can be really great and you get like a lot done and you're super ambitious, but it also could be like you're filled with lots of anger because right. you're so fiery. Right. Um, in a state of optimal health, someone will know how to, you know, like their body will tell them what they need. In a state of imbalance, their body will t- feed the disease. So it will say, I want spicy food, mm-hmm. even though spicy food is going to add fuel to the fire. Just make it more so. <laughs> make yeah. it worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we um, – I don't think balance exists in the sense of like a little bit of this and a little bit of that is perfect. Like balance can be different for for every person. Yeah. I was going to say that it's going to be different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like to me, the idea of balance is ease. If Mm -hmm. I feel good and like things are functioning well, (laughs) moving well, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's all I really want. Totally. And I think as going back to, to the food part of it, I think, my take on it, and I've heard this from a lot of other people uh, that I've had this discussion with, yeah, that it's not it's not even always about what we're eating. Yes, that factors in, and that's going to be different for everybody. But it's our mindset going into it. Oh, you yeah. know, it's always like the example that always seems to come up. Like kale always seems to be at one end, and chocolate cake seems to be on the other. That just <laughs> seems to be the examples everybody comes up with. Yeah. But if we're if we're eating kale from a place of like oh, I need to be healthy, so i got to eat this. It tastes disgusting, and I hate it, and I'm just like, my life sucks, and I want to lose weight, or whatever it is. You know, like your your self-hatred as you're eating this kale, and you're just denying yourself, and, you know, whatever, and you're not enjoying it. Shout out to all those that you, all of you that love kale. Not trying to not kale here. So the kale association doesn't come after me. But but then, or if you're eating a piece of chocolate cake, let's say, especially at like a celebration with friends and you're really enjoying it and it tastes amazing. Like, I feel like your body knows what to do with that more than like the, the like downer kale that you had. Oh, completely. And I think that speaks to everything, right? If we approach things um, intentionally and it's like the French philosophy of joie de vivre like joy Mm -hmm. of living like this is part of life is to go out to eat and like or spend time with friends and break break bread and like celebrate and have birthday cake blah 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 like not being so rigid with ourselves that there's no room for any of that yeah um and the same is true with movement if we're approaching our movement practice from a sense of rigidity um that's going to manifest in the body Mm mm-hmm um, that doesn't feel easeful. <laughs> no, no. And it's it's kind of the difference between, we talked about this a little bit uh, a couple episodes ago, I think it was, about like the privilege of movement and working out. But I always, yeah. like, I was a personal trainer for years, and I think the biggest impact that it would have on my client's health is what did they enjoy? 
Yeah. You know, it didn't matter what oh, was totally. supposedly most effective or what the and that best takes time exercise. and that takes yeah, totally. exploration and that takes listening to your body to figure right. out what do I like. Right. Right. But I mean, it always seemed to be like we approached it from that point yeah. of what do you let's find so what much you more like. effective. Right. And it, yeah, exactly. And then they could yeah. get into their groove and they just felt better and they wanted to do it because forcing yourself through a workout or a, a yoga practice or a Pilates is miserable. Or, yeah, it's not going to it's not going to make a difference, even if you're doing everything, air quotes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think there's a couple of things, right? Like sometimes we we get into our practice and we're super distracted and everything feels terrible. And then there's a shift. Mm-hmm. Right. And like mm-hmm. learning to discern when when it's necessary to go to class or move the body and when it's necessary to take rest is an art. And yes. it takes time. Yeah. You know, um, I listened to a really lovely conversation um, with Judith Hansen Lassiter, who is um, amazing when it comes to restorative yoga. And she talks about a lot, a lot about how like, well, isn't all yoga restorative? That's a question she gets a lot. And she's like, well, not the way that some people practice it. Yeah. <laughs> like power <laughs> yoga that's super aggressive and like whatever. Um, and what she was saying in society, it's like if you're at work, and she's like giving the context of an office job situation. Um, at least how that's how I interpreted it. Um, if you say that you're thirsty, no one's going to give you a hard time if you're like, okay, I'm going to go get a cup of water. You know, if you're hungry, you go have a snack or you eat lunch, whatever. But if someone says I'm tired, it's like, well, you're not going to just go sit and close your eyes for five minutes. That would be frowned upon. Right. <laughs> no one right. does that. Or like sit and meditate for what I, it's like, that's not somehow okay, according to society, even though the body is communicating. And so when we're numbing those signals, right, the the red flag that's saying like, hey, I'm tired, I need to rest a little. And we're like, no, 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 shh, you be quiet. <laughs> right, um, right, right. Yeah. Then we're, we're changing, we're like messing with our inherent communication system, communication system that exists within. Um, and so... And then we're confused why all of a sudden, like, something is breaking down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you you turned off all the signs, all the alarms. Right. You right. quieted them. And so my experience and with my clients is that when we're in a context of a Pilates practice, specifically the core, um, or working with the core, or in a yoga context, you know, we're cultivating a keener sense of awareness from the inside out so that these alarms that go off in the body, we actually can hear them. That's what we're doing in Pilates, Justine? Yeah. I thought right, exactly. I thought it was like I thought it was to lift my butt. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean that's like an added <laughs> bonus. No, I'm just I'm just messing with you. Because if you no, go to I Justine's know, but... class, people are gonna mistake you for J Lo. I just have to <laughs> add that. That actually happened to me. Like okay. Just, oh my god. Not really. It did. Oh, it did happen J-Lo. to me. <laughs> Just from behind. Oh my gosh! If you just from behind. For those of you that know me, you're like, what is what the hell is she talking about? This girl is yeah. like pancake butt. What are you talking about now? No. Stop it. <laughs> no, but that is a good point. And you will get a great butt if you go to Justine's yeah. class. I had just happened to come, probably come out of Justine's class, and I was like, whoa, nice yeah. ass. But <laughs> I but, love it. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, it's true. We're we're honing the skills and the awareness there on the mat, we might not even realize that then we're applying them Yeah, off the mat. Yeah. But we are. We, I think we're not in control of it, actually. Yeah. You know, it's, there are, 
that's the magic and genius of it all, you know, that you don't have to tell your body, okay, you can turn this, the alarms back on. I'm ready to listen. Right. Right. You know, it's just going to happen. Or like, you don't have to tell your body, like I learned how to rest in Shavasana. (laughs) You can start sleeping better. Right. Right. You know, um, you can talk to yourself that way, but you're not in control. Um, we don't get to choose, you know, when like something's driving you crazy or like when, um, I feel like it's, you know, it's like quantum physics, the thing that you want to happen so badly, like so badly. You're like, I want him to text me back. I want him to text me back. I want him to text me back. And then it's like, I'm just going to let it go. It's not going to happen. And then like, you don't actually let it go. But then days later you actually are like, okay, whoa, I feel lighter. And then he texts you. Right, right, right. <laughs> and you're like, wait, I finally fully actually let it go. And then it, ha- and it's like, that's how energy works. Yeah. Let go of the thing you're obsessing over and sometimes it'll happen. Sometimes, not always. But um, it's interesting, right, that the things that we hold on to and bind ourselves to are sometimes the things that we actually need to relinquish a bit so that there can be this ease. The ease and to let go of it. I Yeah, I was talking about this recently about this in regards of having more faith and less fear. And okay. I find when I can get into, I kind of almost use it as a mantra when I start to spiral yeah. of like, oh my God, you know, I go to worst case scenario. Like Keith actually, Keith is my husband for those of you that yeah, don't know. Yeah. He, he actually, that's what he started calling me not long after we started dating. Oh my <laughs> so God, it was I like love it. one of his cute little nicknames for me was, <laughs> was worst case scenario. Um, but and I've got <laughs> fun fact. I've gotten I love it. I know, isn't that too much? I've gotten it's so a, good a lot better, but still, like I can, I find myself going to that place, and I just think more faith, less fear, more faith, less fear, and it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean just like blind faith of like, oh, everything's going to be perfect to work out just how I want it to. But yeah. what it lets me do is like it kind of lets the, the dust settle, so I can yeah see solutions more easily or maybe even be open to something that is an alternative that I wasn't even thinking about, which is like kind of what you were saying about the texting is like, yeah, we're not in control. We think we are or we yeah. want to be. We want to have that illusion of like, I got this. I'm in complete control. Right. But sometimes we just have to let go and th- let things unfold and observe that and then take the best course of action based on a totally. much more calm place and not worst case scenario, but um, totally. And yeah. and the idea of using mantra, right? That speaks to this, to the idea that all of these things, these practices, this is our technology. Mm-hmm. This is what we have cultivated as a whole, like collective society, right. that these things are available to us. You know, it's like, there's so much available to us. So many so things, much. you know, and just in terms of classes, but just, there's so many ways, so many doorways in, so many pathways that you can take to find that sense of balance or ease, whatever you want, whatever word you want to call it, to create the environment for flow. Um, but it takes time yeah. to figure out what works for you. Exactly. And you have to you have to be open and be willing to experiment with what that is, because what worked for yeah. somebody as a doorway might not work for you at all. Right, right. So... And so personally, I don't believe that anything that doesn't incorporate the body on some physical level will really address you as a whole person, which mm-hmm. is why I think these practices like Pilates and core work can have such a direct, immediate, like grounding sense of like, this is who I am. This is where I are. This is where I am um, and who I am um, because you're getting to the core center of who you are through the movement on a certain level. Mm-hmm. I mean, that idea won't resonate for everyone. Right. Um, it doesn't have to, 
Um, but it's, it definitely is interesting to witness with clients and students and within myself. Amen. And with that, we, we went full circle. We went all the way from six pack to getting you guys to a flow state. Yeah, there we go. And five short episodes. That's all you need. So you're welcome. And (sighs) we solved it. (laughs) All right. So we did that. Everybody else can stop worrying about it. No, just kidding. (laughs) But I do hope that this has sparked at least an interest to dive deeper into what it's going to be for you because getting into that mythical flow state and I'll be honest when I started on my journey I, I thought it was that like oh I just need what is the mantra how many times do I need to say it like what yeah. is the exact breath count again that is going to lead me there and yes all right. those things are important um but it's not just one thing it, there's so many different things and um I'm glad that yeah. we explored this through the core and then like actually ended up with with gut health because that is going to be when we're digesting everything better, we're living just so totally. much more in that flow state in life. So. One of my favorite yoga sutras, and I actually, I need to look up what the number is or whatever, but essentially oh, cool. the translation is knowledge is bondage. And mm. so when we bind ourselves to what we know and what we think we know, we cancel out the potential of everything else. Mm. And so this innate sense of staying open to receiving and like taking in newness is so important when it comes to exploring what works for you. Right. You know, not being like, well, mantra is the way in, you know, like and being so narrow in scope or Pilates is the way that I'm going to connect to my core and then I'm going to figure out who I am. (laughs) Um, Right. None of these things exist in isolation. Um, And so, yeah, it's, a continual forever process. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like they're all intertwined. And I mean, the bottom line is we stop learning anything and we stop growing. Yeah. I, mean, I really think that's when people get old. I mean, and I don't mean chronologically. Yeah, but yeah, when, no, when, I know but when it's like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm not a youngin anymore or whatever. When people yeah. just like give up and like, well, I'm old, you know, it's like, right. no, I don't think anybody ever has to be old. I mean, yes, you, you're going to. Yeah, young at heart forever. But, but um, I think as long as we, we keep learning and keep challenging ourselves to see things from different perspectives and experience yeah. things different physically with our bodies, like, and I, I love the example you gave when, when you, uh, well, you didn't even have a back injury. It was like, it was, you just had your back issue yeah. Yeah. Uh, of going all the way back to like, okay, breath is my movement right yeah. now. So it doesn't have to mean big, giant movements with your body. It can be something as simple as learning a new bre- breath practice. So, yeah. Um, all right, mm. Justine. Uh, I feel like we opened the door to a lot of stuff. So, so be, stay tuned because I feel like there's going to be future part Bs to a lot of this. <laughs> Can't wait. In the future. But um, anything you want to say to wrap up as we're we're finishing the series? Um, just thank you. What a treat to spend so much time with you and chat with you. Yeah, thank you. Gosh, this has been was such a gift. Such a gift. I appreciate it so much. And just once again, JustineMalik.com. Also at Justine Malik on Instagram. And you're at Wanderlust Hollywood here in Los Angeles. Yes. And I know I'm going to butcher the name, so I'm going to let you Samarasa say Samarasa in Echo Park. <laughs> Samarasa in Echo Park. So if you want to take... You, are you still doing privates for Pilates? Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, mainly out of the Echo Park studio. Perfect. So that's available as well for those of you that are lucky enough to be here in Los Angeles where Justine <laughs> is teaching. So from the bottom of my heart, I so much gratitude, Justine. Thank you so much for this. Oh, thank you, Connie. I should say the bottom of my core.
<laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. All right. Uh, we will see you all tomorrow. Ballsy Babes Unite. If you're down with our vibe, make sure to go to LadyBallsNation.com and sign up for our Insiders newsletter. And don't forget, new episodes drop every day. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss a single one. Hey there, Connie here with a quick reminder that if you are loving these interviews with Justine, make sure to head on over to LadyBallsDaily.com where we have two longer ones, kind of like a little extra bonus there. So you can go to LadyBallsDaily.com. You can just search Justine Malik in the search bar at the top and you're going to find two more interviews. One's called Tap Into Your Intuition and the other one is called Whole Body Awareness. Really Really, really, really good stuff. And I hope you are enjoying this five-part episode with her encore. All right. See you tomorrow.